you know, my big thing is education. I want everyone to know what's taking place in your body. The brain is fascinating, right? Um, everyone understands and knows the fight or flight um, response, that stress response. Um, what people mostly don't recognize is it happens within a tenth of a millisecond. It happens so fast that we can't even make a, a reasonable or logical uh, choice. Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast, where we bring God's wisdom to the dilemmas you face in your work. I'm your host, Dr. Chip Roper, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Sarah Evers. Hello. And Ken Kennard. Hello, everyone. This episode features Sarah's conversation with Dr. Jada Jackson. We recorded this on June 10th, 2021. Sarah and Jada talked about a topic that's relevant to all of us during these times, stress. And stress has many triggers, many possible responses. So let's jump into this conversation. Shauna, our Director of Communications and Operations, introduced Dr. Jackson to our live audience. We are excited to welcome Dr. Jada Jackson, President of Total Life Counseling Center in Dallas. As an author, counselor, and talk show host, Dr. Jackson is known for her transparent, practical style of communicating and training. Her ultimate goal is to guide her clients into meaningful and purposeful living, particularly in the areas of spiritual growth, personal and professional development, emotional management, and behavioral modification. Dr. Jackson also works as a counseling psychology professional and mental strength counselor for the National Basketball Association and National Basketball Players Association's Health Education Program. She serves as an educational trainer and peak performance counselor for the Major League Baseball Association and the World Wrestling Entertainment Organization. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Jada Jackson. Hi, Dr. Jackson. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here tonight. Well, we're thrilled that you're here too. And, you know, when I think about stressful situations, um, I, I, I think of some of the reality shows that I watch. Um, and this is an apt, um, though awkward, segue because you were the therapist on a yet-to-be-released um, reality show. And I, um, boy, I can't imagine anything more stressful. So <laughs> tell me, tell me, what was that like? What were the things that you were dealing with as you were working with these contestants um, on this reality show? Um, well, first of all, I spent 30 days in Costa Rica, Sarah. So <laughs> that was fantastic. However, um, it doesn't eliminate when you have to perform, you have to step up to the plate, you have to execute. Um, I saw lots of stress. Um, the, the heat was insane. So we had to deal with, um, the, believe it or not, the electricity going out on in the entire, um, city. And so it was very, very hot without air conditioning. So that's a stressful situation. It's a very real situation. And, um, you know, working with the contestants there, it's a, it was a, it's a very interesting show. And if you get a chance to take a look at it, it's called the big D and it's going to air on TBS and it is a dating relationship show. And, um, I have an opportunity to calm chaos in the environment and it's what I do best. And when you think about stress, Sarah, stress is it's our body's reaction to um, an unbelievable amount of pressure, whether it's pressure in reality or whether it's perceived pressure, right? 
And yeah. so, um, yeah, working with the contestants, working with the crew, working with, um, you know, my co-host who, you know, uh, Jojo Fletcher and Jordan, um, it's, it's been, it's just been an amazing, uh, experience for me thus far. Yeah. Well, um, what were some of the, um, recommendations either you gave to people or looking back on it now you would have given if they had the smarts to ask <laughs> about how to navigate the intensity um, of those 30 days? Yeah, you know, I always say even to my clients when I'm dealing with stressful situations, the one thing I ask them is what's your trigger? Mm -hmm. Everyone here today on this call has to know what the triggers are. So what are your emotional triggers? What are the areas that, you know, it's like you have an exposed nerve and you hit the nerve and all of a sudden you go into fight or flight, right? Um, it's that stress response. It's just having that awareness. Believe it or not, many of us grow to a certain stage in our profession or sometimes in our marriages, um, in our relationships, um, even with ourselves where we're not as keenly aware of the triggers. And I believe that the way God created us, you know, is for us to recognize that there is an automatic kind of snowball effect once we hit that fight or flight stage. So I would say if I had time to just educate um, the crew and educate uh, some of the contestants, I would have given them a crash course in the stress response and let them know how normal these reactions are, but give them a couple of uh, tips to manage it. Okay. Well, um, I heard you start by saying heat for 30 days <laughs> and sometimes no AC. And then you talked about triggers and I wanted to say, that's one of my triggers. <laughs> Right. We're moving into summer and the idea of no AC would it just would make me feel right. Feel hot right now. Uh, right. Yeah, for sure. So so um, so talk to me about how I can manage some of these triggers, whether it's relational, which I'm sure came up in that reality show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, my big thing is education. I want everyone to know what's taking place in your body. The brain is fascinating, right? Um, everyone understands and knows the fight or flight um, response, that stress response. Um, what people mostly don't recognize is it happens within a tenth of a millisecond. It happens so fast that we can't even um, use our frontal lobe or that executive functioning area to make a, a reasonable or logical decision. Uh, choice or decision in that moment. So I just kind of like to say that, you know, if you can identify the trigger and stop it before it happens, then usually you can say, oh, you know what, that's a trigger for me. And so I'm going to step back from that and I'm going to choose to do something a little bit differently. But that is, to me, that is emotional intelligence, right? Um, whether it's us um, getting into it with a coworker or like on the set with, um, a, and we have plenty of that, <laughs> mind you. 
Well, um, isn't that what but, a reality show is? It's all about how people respond poorly to stressful situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate for emotional management, right? You know, as a cognitive behavioral therapist, I believe what you think is what you feel, what you feel is what you do. If you can isolate and identify the negative cognitions and maybe shift your perspective also slightly, then ultimately you can change how you feel about a situation regardless of how negative it is and then you can make healthier choices make healthier decisions um, you can plan strategy and execute it more effectively and so understanding that process is great but if you don't know what causes you to become triggered or what causes that stress then you might as well be kind of swinging in the dark thinking you're going to address a situation and you never address it. You just continue in that perpetual cycle. Oh, and that, I would imagine that kind of would feed itself. And so then that triggering event becomes a bigger triggering event. That that's that snowball effect. I talk like <laughs> it, you know, it's that it starts off as a very small ball. And by the time it's at the bottom of the mountain, it's this huge, you know, moment, monumental um, issue. And um, again, for those of us who are not uh, quite as emotionally intelligent or not as mature emotionally as we should be, then again, we are not effective leaders. We are not um, uh, very nice or kind spouses, right? Um, the list goes on and on, but yeah. again, it, it's just such an important um, area for us to manage. And I just believe in personal and individual responsibility. I believe that everyone must take ownership of one's own behavior. Nobody can make us feel a certain way unless we relinquish our authority because God created us to be able to have that free moral agency. And we do now, mind you, my husband has the tendency to make me angry. I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to put that out there in the atmosphere. I just want to say that it's not easy by no stretch of the imagination, but it's important to build that muscle. And now even, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on this, um, whether I'm on set in Costa Rica, whether I'm managing, you know, the service providers who work for me, or whether I'm hanging out with my nephew, taking him to his basketball practice. In every single environment that we come face to face with other people, we have the opportunity to offer respect to offer kindness, to offer empathy. Um, we have that choice and we get to make that decision. Um, unfortunately, the reason why I am, I will always be in business as a therapist is people just don't take responsibility um, for themselves. And, and um, I believe that that's what God calls us to do. We'll get back to this discussion with Dr. Jada Jackson in just a minute. First, we wanted to tell you about a new program we developed this year for all of you who are starting a new job or are anticipating a job change. It's called the Ascend Coaching Program. Anyone who starts a new job knows that you only have one chance to make a first impression, and there's a lot riding on those first 90 days. At most companies, the onboarding process focuses on logistics not on organizational dynamics or your personal success. 
So the Ascend program gives you personal coaching and a strategy for moving up so you can be confident as you navigate the politics of a new workplace. Think of it as having an advocate for your career advancement. For more information, check out vocacenter.org ascend and sign up for a consultation. Getting up to speed in your first 90 days is so important. Don't just join a new company culture. Rise to your potential with the Ascend Coaching Program. Amen. Amen. I, this feels um, very fresh for me because um, my, uh, my daughter will feel emotions very strong and she'll have a strong reaction. And because that has become a pattern, um, I find myself getting super tense when I can see her lighting up. Um, and so you, know, you talk about how um, I have a choice in how I respond. Amen. Yes. Um, and as a parent, I keep thinking, I want to respond with kindness so that I diffuse the situation because when I get big and strong because of the stress and my, I let my stress overwhelm me, it actually makes the situation worse. I'm wondering <laughs> how you could speak into that and give me some tips on how I can manage that stress when I, when I feel my temperature rising, how I can <laughs> diffuse that. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And so um, it's interesting that you're, you're speaking to that because I personally had to go through this. Um, I don't have children, but I, my niece and my nephew are like my children. And so I take a very strong role in raising them and not getting angry when I want to get angry and seeing the emotional reactions. And you just want to kind of lunge across the table and go for the <laughs> neck. You know, it's just all these moments that you have. But I here's where I feel and, and I don't know it, it's important for me to look at this from a, a spiritual perspective as much as psychology is um, my discipline um, first of all I just want to say this little side piece Romans 12 1 and 2 um, is so very important, right? And I think that it's necessary to recognize that um, we can be um, transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? And so by renewing our minds, and, and when we think about that, that's why I went into cognitive behavioral therapy. Because again, the premise of cognitive behavioral therapy suggests that everything, I am what I think, right? That's biblical. It's whatever we are allowing, whatever information that we are allowing to seep into our minds, into our cognitions, into our spirits, then of course, that is ultimately what we become. So I wanted to put that caveat there first. The only way to adjust to um, an emotional child, an emotional spouse, an emotional um, coworker, an emotional fill in the blank is to recognize what God says about those emotions. And so mm -hmm. if you will allow me in just this moment, I would like to share with you just a few scriptures that talks about what the Bible says about emotional intelligence, because emotional intelligence is key for us to manage stress. It's the key for minimizing those stressors and being able to say, okay, if we are going to 
um, really have a strategy for execution in order to minimize stressors in our lives, then we have to have something to really hold on to. And Colossians 3 and 12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So with that, one of the things that I say when my niece becomes emotionally charged, first I say, okay, I'm not going to become emotionally hijacked. There's a, there's a hijacking will not take place on my watch, which means I take responsibility for what I'm feeling. Now me feeling a moment, or I call it the sting. Sarah, do you know what I'm talking about? When I say the sting that had that that first little, I have a client who calls it the burn, Mm. whatever you call it, (laughs) you can feel it. It's that little prick, that first little thing that happens where it goes, Oh, and usually I pop, I call it popping off. I'll, I pop off really, uh, you know, my friends laugh at me. They're like, okay, Dr. J is getting ready to pop off. I'm like, yep, here it comes. Are you ready for it? Five, four, three, you know, it's like the countdown, but it's that sting. Well, when we are emotionally intelligent and we understand what God's word says about being emotionally intelligent. It's taking responsibility for that little sting Mm. that takes place. That sting is the beginning of the stress response or that snowball that's going to begin to gain momentum as it cascades down the mountain. Right. And so as we become aware, Usually what I'm starting to do now, and and I'll be completely transparent with you all. It's, you know, in that moment when it's with my husband, my husband has a way (laughs) of hitting that nerve probably more than anybody. Um, But there's a responsibility that I have. Mm. And so in that it's recognizing that sting, applying that word, making that choice and building up the, um, I'll call it the muscle of communication, the muscle of managing those emotions. And again, for you, I would say, allow her to have those moments of emotional um, release, but continue to teach her that those emotional releases She's going to have to learn to manage them just like mommy's learning has to learn to manage them. Mom does need to learn to manage them too. <laughs> you know, I, this is so good to talk about because um, I'm, I'm hearing from clients um, sort of some of them have had a whole lot less um, conflict in the workplace because some of the people that bothered them that they rubbed up the wrong way or who would push back on their ideas, they're not in those meetings anymore. And other people are finding new ways to have conflict um, with Zoom and new ways to avoid it as in not really resolving it because, you know, everybody's living in their box. Um, And as we talk about reentry, 
Now we're going to see those people a little bit more often. And those stings, those jabs, those burns, however people want to call it, um, we might run it. Our muscles may have atrophied for our tolerance for that. Oh, that's great. That's an awesome way of putting it. Well, I'm just thinking you're going to get really busy soon. (laughs) I welcome all of the extra, (laughs) uh, the extra business. Um, But the reality is um, a year and uh, what, 14 months, 15 months, a year and a half is way too long to not have that social interaction to not um, continue to massage those muscles and build those muscles in order to communicate effectively, to respect each other's space, to not um, become, not being so sensitive to certain issues and certain um, topics that come up. So again, I, I do believe that stress is higher now for those who are returning um, back to work. I have a client more specifically Um, she's saying right now, she says, you know, I have so much to think about. I have to think about my um, children going back to school. I want to make sure that they're safe. I believe they're safe, but I'm not sure. But I, I'm not sure Mm. if I believe the experts or if I trust the experts and what they're saying and if it's accurate, not really sure. So there's some stressors there. And then, um, they have reduced, the amount of people who are working on, she's a project manager and they've reduced the amount of people that she has on her team in order to execute the um, project. And so, but she's still required to meet certain goals and objectives and she has a bottom line that she has to meet. And so um, it's been really tough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that stress in the, in the coaching and program delivery side, you're hearing it in the, in the therapy room, maybe the therapy Zoom room. So, you know, I'd, um, I'd, I'd love to see if you could give us some lessons, some tips from maybe some of the major league baseball players or NBA players, um, association work that you've done. Cause I know you've consulted with them. Like talk to us about either, um, the stress of coming back from an injury, which in some ways I think that might be a good analogy. We're sort of coming back from an injury or, um, yeah, high, high performers. Talk to us about talk to us about that. Um, it, it's been a tough year all all the way around. Um, it was really it was tough for me as well because you know just in 2019 I was you know there at RTP um, we called the Rookie Transition Program and um, you know the, I got a chance to go to the combine every year for the last seven years and work with these guys and you know really hearing their stories and trying to see how I can help them um, move from where they are to where they want to be right and so when we're talking about say peak performance or we're talking about mental toughness um, during uh, COVID it, there was a, a different issue hmm. the issue at this point was safety safety at the core of who we are when that is challenged it becomes um, even more fearful and then you have to perform on top of that so one of the things that we um we did, we went through our mental toughness regimens that we do. And first of all, we looked at thought reformation, um, as a cognitive behavioral therapist, reframing for me is everything. So number one, it's identifying, um, the negative cognition. And once we identify that negative cognition, meaning, um, 
I had one player who said, you know, not being able to get in the gym and work out the way that I did and, and be with the team and stay up on my game, I feel like I've lost a step. Okay, so let's just use that as an example. I've lost a step. Okay, losing a step can be the difference between getting like an A grade contract versus a B grade contract. That's huge. And then you also have to deal with um, the chatter, media chatter. Um, and so he, he had spiraled into, I've lost a step. I'm not going to get the contract that I want because my contract is coming up and it just happened to fall on this weird, you know, cycle of COVID and not having a chance to get in there and play the way he really wanted to. He had come off of an injury two years prior. He, he was able to make it back some sort of hip thing and, you know, flew to Germany and got all of this extra um, attention there and then came back. And so it just, it really was stressful for him, but I said, okay, stop, just stop because you've created a narrative that hasn't happened yet. Uh. So let's just stop right there and let's back up. What's the one thing that is really plaguing you in this moment? And it was, I'm afraid I'm going to lose a step. Okay. So have you lost a step? No, you haven't. Not yet at least. Right. So let's deal with reality. Let's deal with what's happening right here in the moment. Right. We're going to be very present. Let's look at it from a different perspective. If in fact there's a possibility that you can lose a step, number one, because of the, the injury two years ago, and also not being able to work out regularly the way that you want, what can be done so that we can ensure that you don't lose a step. So now we're looking forward and we're not, um, we don't have a hypothesis of what could happen if that happened. So we call that reframing, right? It's taking that negative thought. And I'm sure you know all about this, Sarah, but it's shifting it just so slightly. As easy as it sounds, it's not something that's easy to do when you're emotionally charged. So that's- I don't that. think it's, it's not natural, right? That's no, not right. a natural reaction. <laughs> it's not, not at all. It's, it's not natural at all. So, you know, just being in that moment. And so, but that's one way. And then the second way is, you know, when we're talking about mental toughness, it's pushing beyond what is comfortable for you mentally. LeBron James is amazing at that. That's one thing he can do very, very well. Okay. He can block everything out. He can get rid of distractions. He can identify the distractions and go the other way. And mm -hmm. so in helping these guys recognize that really they are more powerful than they believe emotionally. And in helping them walk through this is one of the ways that I connect with them and, and help them push forward because then they realize that, hey, you know what? It really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Well, I'm, I'm hearing a real challenge to stay, to stay present and not allow the imagination to, to let the narrative spiral. 
Um, and I'm also hearing um, there's almost this self-discipline to, to block out those distractions, to, to block out um, the what ifs um, yeah. and those imaginary conversations as I think, you know, I'm not on the court, <laughs> I'm not hanging out with LeBron, um, but I think about those conversations in the hallway or um, when, you know, the, the what ifs of making a presentation and having somebody push back on it or poke holes in it. Um, so I think what what you're hitting on is really hard. It's <laughs> easy say, hard do, mm-hmm. but but that's where um, you know I'm I'm making that connection to re- renewing my mind and allowing God to speak into that process and and and, and creating a pause between the initiating burn and my mm-hmm. response. Correct, absolutely, and that's the hard part, you know. One of the things that I've been doing uh, during COVID, and I, I've lost 20 pounds during COVID. Woohoo, yay me. But, <laughs> yes. I took them for you. <laughs> you can have all the pounds. I'm just telling you. I, I no, just I'm don't done. I'm done to. taking them. <laughs> anyway, tell me what you did. Tell yeah, me. so for me, when we're talking about mental toughness, I mean, we're, we're talking about building those um, strong muscular thoughts that will allow us to break through when we find ourselves in a situation where we're crumbling under the pressure, right? Mm. And so mental toughness is not just for athletes, it's for executives, it's for VPs, it's for presidents, it's for the people who have to perform, Mm. make very quick split second decisions and those decisions need to be accurate. They need to be on the money. And so sometimes that can cause us stress as well. So when we're talking about that mental toughness, we're talking about on a day-to-day basis, renewing our minds, Mm -hmm. shifting those negative thought processes, understanding unhelpful thinking styles, right? We're familiar with those stink thinking styles. Uh, you've heard uh, stinking thinking. You've heard, you heard it put a variety of different ways, but really when you think about black and white thinking, it's all or nothing thinking. You don't leave any space for fluidity and to be able to navigate and be creative and problem solving or, you know, um, encouraging your team to move to the next phase of whatever a project is. Um, you know, then there's the mental filter, right? We filter everything that, um, comes to us maybe through our trauma or unresolved issues, childhood issues. That's an unhelpful thinking style. Um, there's, yes, (laughs) exactly. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I concur. Right. (laughs) So when we're talking about you know, how we're thinking, we have to be very much aware. And that's the process of becoming mentally tough. You know, it's stepping outside of one's comfort zone. And so I was talking about losing 20 pounds. So I've been going to the gym and really working out, but here's where the challenge comes for me. It's pushing through when I'm tired. It's pushing through when my muscles are burning and hurting. It's pushing through when I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Okay, but I'm going to do it because I've committed to growing muscle in this area. 
right? And so all of us in some way, we have those moments where we're like, oh, I just, uh, I don't want to do this. But then there's something deep inside of us. It's like the Holy Spirit rises up and say, do it. Because if you do it this one last time, you're going to have a muscular breakthrough. You're going to develop muscle in an area that you've never had it before. And we can be 19 or 99 and it still applies. It's still applicable. So again, it's just this mental toughness process, this thought reformation process and this emotional management process that we, we go through on a daily basis. You know, Jada, I haven't heard that term thought reformation, but it's making me sit up straight. Um, and I, I want that. Yeah. I, I want to grow that mental toughness. I want that thought reformation. And when I get up to work out tomorrow morning, I'm going to have you running through my head with that. <laughs> Holy Spirit's going to give you a, a muscular breakthrough. <laughs> yes. I'm all in. I'm all up for that. Exactly. Exactly. And I believe in it. I mean, I use it every day. So yeah, I'm advocating hard for it, Sarah. Oh, amen. Well, we're really grateful that you were um, with us tonight, Jada. We've, um, we're learning so much um, for about stress and managing stress and um, love hearing how you are, are making a difference in the marketplace and how you're stewarding your influence um, as you rub shoulders with um, all kinds of people, from whether they're in your office space, your Zoom room, or um, in Costa Rica with you. Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody, let's talk about some takeaways. For me, I appreciated Dr. Jackson's focus on personal responsibility. You know, we're prone to place the drivers of our well-being outside of ourselves. Blame the pandemic, blame the boss, blame the kids, blame somebody other than ourselves. But here's what's true. There may be real chaos outside ourselves. But that chaos does not determine how we respond. So God has given us agency and power to face these challenges and stop the stress snowball before it gets out of control. I love that. How about you, Ken? Yeah, I love that too. And you know, she reminded me of something else, which is the relationship between our physical health and our emotional or spiritual health. I've seen that during times when I'm physically disciplined, I'm eating right, I'm exercising, I'm sleeping well, it is so much easier to be disciplined in my responses to coworkers and my emotional responses to family. I'm more disciplined in my spiritual practices, even more disciplined in my other personal goals. It's kind of an upward virtuous cycle that you can build starting with your body. Um, now, if you don't feel particularly disciplined right now, I suggest start with something small. You know, you're much more likely to find success with a small start of a new habit, and you can always build on it later. Uh, during the pandemic, I started walking just five minutes, a couple times a day, and it felt good to accomplish something. So I gradually increased that to a longer daily walk of one to two miles. And recently, I noticed I've lost weight and I have more stamina during long work days. So that's one of the things I appreciated. Uh, how about you, Sarah? Thanks for asking, Ken. For, for me, um, I really took away this whole concept of the, the mindset shift that's necessary. Dr. Jada talked about how we need to reframe experiences rather than creating a negative narrative about something that hasn't even happened yet. And that really stuck with me because it's so easy to let our imaginations run wild about a colleague or a family member or even a political representative. 
But Dr. Jada advocates staying present and connected to God so that God informs our reality. And that takes so much self-discipline, uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit. So this, this whole idea of staying present um, and staying um, connected to God and in control of our thoughts, was, that was powerful for me. There's so much here. So how about you, listener? What can you take away? Maybe there's an area in your life where you just need to take more responsibility for your emotions. Or maybe you've been neglecting the physical side of your life and it's actually been cast, had a cascading impact on your resilience. Or maybe this idea of a mindset shift really is something that you should invest more in. Or maybe it's something else. As I said, there's so much here that can help you build resilient faith at work. And as we close, I want to remind you that all of us need fellow travelers to help us process the shocks we face at work on a day-to-day -day basis. And at VOCA, it's our privilege as coaches to be the thought companions for many. So we've bundled our solutions like the Ascend program for those of you starting new jobs and the Career Navigator for those of you who are looking for a change. And we also do customized coaching to create a tailored engagement where we define and reach your goals. Every engagement begins with a conversation. So go to vocacenter.org consult and schedule some time with Ken, Sarah, or me. We look forward to talking to you. This conversation was recorded in front of a live virtual audience, and you can be a part of that audience. Register now for the next live webinar at vocacenter.org slash webinar. We'll see you next time on the Resilient Faith at Work podcast, where you get insight and inspiration to thrive at work. Mm -hmm.